I've still never been to New Jersey on purpose. I guess that's still true because we it was for banned the first time probably or <laughs> if you went before that. <laughs> Whenever I'm in New Jersey, something bad happens. <laughs> Either bus breaks down or you get stuck in airport. I think I was I was born in Hackensack, New Jersey. So it probably explains everything about me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, apparently it stormed really bad in New York, New Jersey area. And yeah, they, our flight just kept getting pushed back and back and back. And then it got canceled. And the next available flight for them to rebook us on was Saturday. It's pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I called Adam um, and Adam started looking for us, too. And he was like... On 54. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Adam started looking with us um, while like both of me and Carla's parents are also looking for flights for us and there was literally nothing available to get home on Friday so we said you know what we missed a lot of TV we're just gonna sit in this hotel bed and turn on Hulu and YouTube TV stuff we have saved and we're just gonna chill here and catch up on stuff Ended up being a solid day, honestly. I watched Survivor, by the way, Mav. Yeah, yay! We can get to that. Well, no, I'm sure we, I will. Might need to save it because Aaron's not here today. I'm yeah, sure he's going to want to talk yeah. about it. <laughs> Have you all talked about it? I texted him like I live texted him. Gotcha. As it went on, we can talk after the show then. Yeah. Um, because that would be more pleasant to talk about than what happened last night. Oh, it was bad. He's stalling. It, it, it just, it was, it was bad. Like, there's no other way to put it. So, so this is, you know, this is the kind of reason why it's hard to feel optimistic about Carolina football. Because you, you, you get built up, you get sweet talked a little bit. You have a little bit of success when the expectations are low and then the expectations are there. And we, I just, I just feel like we are really good at failing to meet expectations when they start rising. Like, I think I saw the stat that like, we're like that big Maverick said in the group, the group Twitter DMS uh, with like one in six in prime time or something like that. Yep. And while we're ranked, you know, like and that's, favored that's in six of those games. Yeah. We're, we're seven. Plus point favorites in those games. Oh, that's just not acceptable. You know, like, so I don't know what the problem is. I genuinely don't. Uh, I don't know if it's Mac. I don't know if it's Bill. I don't know if it's Jay. Because <laughs> we're all on a first name basis now. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't know. But all I know is that if, we were talking about this earlier, but like, if we don't make a bowl this season, like, that, that is now in play. Like, if we don't make a bowl this season, there is going to be, like hellfire rained down from the stands of Keenan Stadium. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was listening this week to Taylor Ripless. He does his insider reports and everything. And he said that the coaching staff was using this game as a barometer for how far they've truly progressed, not, not the hype or expectations or anything, but just how far the team and the coaching staff have progressed. And by God, did this give them a revelation, perhaps? Um, and so, I mean, it, you 
I mean, even in the middle of the game, let alone at the end of the game, I feel like a lot of fans are immediately just like, we have to completely readjust our expectations for the remainder of the season. And so perhaps that's being a slave of the moment, but I look at the, our schedule and I don't see six solid wins anymore. Like I see maybe we have two wins. I see maybe three or four, but on that, there's some there that teeter and are truly toss-ups really can't go one way or another. Um, but yeah, I don't know what so, would happen. It, it, so I think someone would go if we don't make a bowl. Well, before we go to the before we get to the rest of the season, let's talk about last night a little bit more. Um, as far as in the intangible stuff, it seems like the recurring thing from this game and Virginia Tech are that both of those teams look just looked like they wanted it more like the energy was there like they were they looked more fired up to play than we did and that's a problem they took advantage of the momentum too sure it, you it, you you could have you felt it it was there i i think that they look their sideline looked like they were having a lot more fun than our sideline. They looked like they were ready to come out and fight more than, than our guys. Well, when Jeremy Gimmel in an, a post-game interview says that they weren't even prepared to like play against the quarterback, their quarterback Sims, like they didn't even prep for Sims. They prepped for their other quarterback. <laughs> they weren't even prepped for their dual threat quarterback. Yeah. Like that's I mean, you could see it on the field as we get into like the less intangible stuff that like the defense, they were like trying to signal stuff in as the play was starting. It's like they so that's the answer to, of what they because I tweeted last night, like, I don't know what they were expecting, but they are not getting it and they're not adjusting. Um, I mean, there's that, that was sequence where they almost hit a platoon switch. Like yeah. on the goal line of their <laughs> and, defensive of the of the defensive side, and then on the offensive side of things, they weren't expecting them to like rush three or four and drop seven and eight and just make Sam have to sit back there and either wait for something to get open or make something happen with his yeah. legs. And well, the frustrating was is that they were sending three and yeah, still got eight and sacks. And got eight sacks on on the on the game. I mean, that's unacceptable. And to me, that's on Sam and Phil Longo. It's like that's on him, uh, Sam holding the ball too long, entirely um, too long, and waiting. This is and this is part of the reason I say that sacks are a quarterback stat and not necessarily an offensive line stat. Sometimes they are. A lot of times. It's a quarterback stat. And a lot of the stuff that we were running is 15, 20 yards down the field, double moves that take time to get open. At some point, if they're going to be uh, dropping eight like that, you're going to have to run some stuff that gets open quickly, that you just make their make the defense's rules work against them. Flood a zone, send four people where there are only three, and make sure someone gets open. But – I I, they must not have been prepared for for that to happen. Mm -hmm. um, Jeremiah Gimmel's quote, uh, Jeremiah Gimmel's quote is, 
we thought Yates was going to be the guy, but we didn't prepare really for Sims or dual threat quarterbacks. That's your story. That's your game. <laughs> like as we already struggle with dual threat quarterbacks as a team. You want to talk about a week of not prepping, even prepping for a dual threat quarterback. You're fucked. You are sorry. Quacked. <laughs> no, they, um, <laughs> They played their trap card. <laughs> we could <laughs> But I just don't like, where is it? Is that a coaching thing? Is that a personnel thing? I mean, we're three years in now and we're the still making there. the same exact mistakes the and it's the same there. exact things that are going wrong. And so I, I don't, I don't understand. You, you run down the list of the people that are on the defense and on paper, it should look good. It should at least look presentable. I'm, we're not asking for a top 10 in college football defense, but something that's actually like can stop a nosebleed. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, I feel like you can't even get anything going. Like, you can't stop anything. I was As I was watching, they got whatever they wanted. Any third down. They didn't even think about going for it on fourth down because, like, we're, they're like, yeah, we're going to get this fourth down. We're going to go for it. Yeah. Like, no, nobody is scared of this defense. Nobody. Nope. Nobody. And that then puts pressure on the offense. And I'm not saying that the offense doesn't have blame, too. But that, that makes it that the offense has to play basically perfect to even have a chance to win a game. And that's just not sustainable. This is not. The defense has given up uh, the past two games on average 42 points. Not good. Uh, it's not good. So as we're doom scrolling through the schedule, I'm not as uh, we're not going to make a bowl as as my two friends here. Uh, I I'm not even I'm not even in that boat necessarily. I'm just (laughs) addressing the fact and saying what uh, soundboarding what I'm already hearing. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think that let's look at the next three games. Next three games are at home. We got Duke at 12, which the only thing that really concerns me about that game is that it's at 12. Um, and since there have been energy concerns with this um, with this team before, that worries me a little bit. But I feel like they'll find a way to be up against Duke. Uh, Florida State's not good, and I feel like they have something. They weren't good prove. last year, and they beat us, so. I, I think they have something to pr- they have something to prove against Florida State. Um, also, that game is at home, and then Miami. Who who knows what Miami is? But again, that game's at home. As long as we're at home, I think we can beat teams that are worse than us. I'm not necessarily worried about that. So, do we like? Are we going to walk through? Because like, I have my opinions on the rest of the schedule. What do you think about the next three? Uh, I think we'll beat Duke. I think if if we don't beat Duke, then that's a huge issue because Duke is bad. Like it's it's bad. Uh, Florida State we should beat, um, and I think Miami's a, a toss up game. So I mean I think that that's two to three wins right there. We can at least get to four wins, potentially five. I don't think we're going to beat Wake Forest. I don't think we're going to beat Notre Dame. I don't think we're going to beat Pittsburgh. We'll beat Wofford, hopefully, and then NC State's going to be like the. Are you gonna what bowl are you gonna get into game? Is what I think is gonna end up happening. Yeah, um, and there's a very real possibility, and I, I mentioned this before the show, that that last game against State might be the 
if we win, we knock State out of contention from going to the ACC championship game because I don't think the Atlantic is as good as it has been, or at least the teams that are normally good in the Atlantic are not good. I think Wake Forest is probably the best team in the Atlantic, but I don't think that they're infallible. Hey, players start getting paid. Clemson starts sucking. Coincidence? I think not. (laughs) I think not. Dabo's just not into it anymore. Dabo's just not into it. <laughs> Mav, what do you think about the rest of the way? Like I said, I think it's going to be tough. I mean, unless there are some serious changes and things being addressed, I mean, I don't think I can – I see any, like, other than Walford, any, like, solid Ws. Like, I could easily see – them having just the same kind of performance even at home that they had against Georgia Tech and could very well lose any other games. I think the one positive I had from the game is we finally blocked a punt. I was about to say, we finally got one. We got him. But then then again, special teams didn't necessarily play that well outside this blocked punt for whatever reason. Grayson Atkins had a kickoff um, instead of Jonathan Kim, and the ball went out of bounds. So it's like I some of the uh, I, I don't understand some of the decision making. And I feel like this is the third year we've been saying I don't understand some of the decision making. It's like you said, I mean, I feel like it begs the question, even with the this being a new staff, this seems to always be a sort of thing, regardless of administration that. You, you even going back to like John Bunting and everything, even Larry Fedora, they might catch that lightning in a bottle for maybe a season, but then it always just seems to fall back down to earth. It falls back down to eight wins. And so, is that just is that just what this, well, I don't know this like, program is? Or Mac is doing. I just don't understand what the missing piece is because like the recruiting is there, the hype is there. The energy is there. The fans are there. You know, exactly. like, the fans are doing their job. The as much as Mac there. talks about it, the fans are doing their job. We're there. Like I said, for years, the fans have just been starved for for relevance and, and something other than, like I said, subpar expectations. That's so a, I mean, it's not hard to get get the fans excited or whatnot, sure. but it just it but expectations seem to be low and still be disappointed. Yeah. So like, I, I just feel it sucks because I feel like we're going to waste the last year of Sam Howell. Not that we don't have people waiting in the wings that I think will be good, will, will be good. I, but obviously like having a talent like Sam Howell winning six, seven games in a season is just not what you're looking for. I'll, I'll, I feel like it's always asked, like you said, if struggles and stuff continue, he, he's had some, he's already had two really good games. He rebounded from after rebounding from Virginia Tech, but if the woes continue, does he come back? I don't know because I think ever I think draft people I think they recognize that he lost four NFL caliber offensive players, and it's like and he's playing behind a tissue paper line. So I think that you know you know like I think that event like scouts will see that and they'll see the arm talent. They'll see that he's a got a good head on his shoulders. He has. But holds the ball entire too long, tries to run plays and pulls RPO options. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, that's absolutely what that's absolutely a hundred percent accurate. It just, you know, I, I can just see, I can still see a first round team drafting him in the top 15, top 10. And I think that still warrants him going. I don't think he drops past the first round either way. Cause I can't think of many other quarterbacks better currently. Like I know Spencer Rattler, obviously there's Liberty's who's, quarterback. Who's struggling um, this year. Yeah. Spencer Rattler is struggling. I mean, I think right now it's, the first round quarterbacks are Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell, and Matt Corral, probably yeah. at Ole Miss. Um, and I don't think at this point in the season, three, four games, Matt Corral has been the best one out of all of them. Um, so I well, actually, don't let's hold up. I think Brendan Armstrong should be in consideration for that first round talent. I mean, shoot. So here's my <laughs> thing about Brandon Armstrong. If he gets into the right, if he act, I really do think if he goes to the right team, he could be a sneaky franchise quarterback for somebody. But I don't think if you threw him on, say, who's the worst team in the NFL? The Texans? I don't think like if, yeah. if you threw him on yeah. the Texans, he's not going to do very well. <laughs> Now, if he went to like the Steelers, who are like moving on from Ben Roethlisberger and take someone in the second or third round, I think that's a great place for Brent, for someone like Brendan Armstrong to go. Sorry, that was a weird tangent to do. No, I, on this, I, on this podcast. I, just, I just wanted to throw my Brendan Armstrong comment. Yeah. I mean, regardless, though, again, going back to what we said at the very beginning, is that if if Virginia Tech didn't already do it, all expectations need to be tempered. Yep. Going Time to go to Detroit for a bowl game. Because <laughs> a <laughs> uh, college football player playoff, that's done. Yeah. There, and there's there's virtually no chance of going to the ACC championship either. You're not going to go with two coastal losses, not in nope. coastal chaos. Unless it turns into whatever year it was Georgia Tech went to, to the ACC championship with like two or three losses in the coastal. Um. Yeah, which, but unless something really weird happens, which again, it's technically still September, so something really weird, nothing normal is happening this season besides Alabama being good. So, but I don't know. I, uh, I, I mean, mean, who do y'all think is the best team in the coastal? I don't know. Yeah, it's. I, I mean. The, here's here's the other thing is, and this is where the schedule kind of screws us. Let's say they do turn around and get better and get really good. And by the end of the season, we're regularly beating teams by 20, 30 points. Then we look back at the beginning of the season and it's like, well, ACC put all of our important games in the first four weeks of the season. Um yeah. So, and then a team, another team that turns it on and happens to only have one ACC loss ends up being the one that goes to the championship game. And now we're stuck because we got screwed with a weird schedule. Them's the breaks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You can't say I do much need advice. beyond that. I do need advice, though, because I'm now, I'm trying to fight. I'm trying to fight the, all right, is it basketball season mentality? Because I do want to be a good, supportive Carolina football fan. But it's so hard. It's so hard. Like, I'm already, like, the like Hubert Davis's beautiful smile is already like, <laughs> creeping up in the back of my mind. Especially like, where, where, with reports coming out to practice and practice starting, and they announced late night, and the schedule's out now. And... It's Felix Baskin right now. <laughs> 
And B Dot's hosting. B Dot is hosting. He is so happy. He is so ready. So so ready. I don't know if I'm quite ready to be back in the Dean Dome just yet. I know. I, I still think there's more good football to be played. It's just morale is very low right now. Yeah. And I'm sure the insider care insider Carolina's message boards are on fire. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty bad. Yeah. Um so I don't know. It's just not a lot of hope on the horizon right now. And um, obviously, like, recruiting is going well. We have great recruits coming in next year. And the Still- young guys look good. Yeah, talent is there. Just can't put it together. <laughs> yep. I don't want us to turn into Miami, where that's the, that's the tail of the yeah. tape every year, is the talent's there, but – and there's always a but. Like I said, when you have the talent on the paper and then you still – fall short of expectations, you have to start looking at the, the grown-ups in the room. Mm-hmm. Not the 18 and 19-year-olds. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> right about me. Because I, I was like, I, oh, no, I will. I will write about you. Because I, I don't think a, the world of talent can't outplay coaching or yeah. can't get past coaching woes. They, you can't they can't coach themselves like you, you need guidance and you need good solid fundamental coaching and I, I don't believe that there are great solid fundamental coaching decisions that are happening all the time now and and that's not meant to be a slight on the coaching staff but it, it, it's like how Roy was doing questions Roy's coaching ability but it's being able to truly get through to the players yeah now like anytime I hear, and this might be very controversial. I hear lots of criticism and I always hear Jay Bateman and I always hear Phil Longo. Like I don't hear, I sometimes I hear stuff about Mac Brown, but is it, is it the Roy Williams thing where like you can't, but you can't, nobody blamed like Hubert Davis and Steve Robinson for the, for the coaching. Yeah, but you know, I feel like basketball it is different from basketball. Yeah, yeah. So, so my point being like, how long is it until, Mac is then like hounded for keeping those two around. Cause I do generally think people like Mac and think Mac's doing a good job of like, he inherited a two, three win team and turned it around, you know, like, and it's commendable that he did that, but like how, how much heat do you think he's going to get if he doesn't make some kind of shift or change after the season is over? The only thing I think of, and we kind of started thinking about this even before is as good and as uh, much energy as Matt Brown's put back into the football program, you, you can, you can, when you look at like the domino effects of everything, it, there is a lot of importance to the coordinators. We wouldn't have Sam Howell if we didn't have Phil Longo. Nope. Flat out. I don't think Matt Brown's best pitch would have gotten Sam to come if he didn't hire someone like Phil Longo who already had a pre-existing relationship with him. And so, but now you consider if someone like Sam Howell's gone next year, Granted, he's he's surely been in the recruiting process for all these all the incoming players, but it, it, it perhaps is a different story. And I mean, you can even look on the flip side with Bateman. But there is that concern where when you drop coordinators, there's there's very likely going to be some decommitments if they had really strong relationships with those. Yeah. And so it's not even just letting go of the staff, but perhaps really? losing out on really good players. 
Yeah. Um, that's the only thing I'm worried about. Like um, I, one of the newer names is Stacy Searles, who's the offensive line coach. Um, we are in, fully in the driver's seat to get the number one offensive tackle in the country in Zach Rice. Zach Rice. Yep. Yep. But he has a very strong relationship with Searles and is a relationship type player. So do we make a move that perhaps might be for the better of the team, but might lose us a top talent? It's bad. It's tough because this, this offensive line is bad. Like, I don't recognize it from last year. <laughs> and it's the same dudes. Yeah, I, I, my, I also have one of my biggest problems is the impatience of the offense. I feel like a lot of times, like when the offense is cooking, is cooking and they are, it's creative and it's getting the ball to the people that need to have the ball in space and it's working. But when it doesn't work, I feel like there's, I feel like a lot of times it's not taking what the defense gives you. It's trying yeah. to force something to happen instead of like, okay, they're going to sit back and let us do whatever we do. Hitch them to death, like yeah. slam them to death. Like it just like take, I mean, take the four yards, take the five yards, take the, take the, that intermediate game and stop trying to force something down the field that isn't there. And that's what defenses are going to do to us for, for the rest of the year. That's why when everyone complains about like, oh, soft defense, bend, don't break, it's the worst defense in football, what happens is when you run up against an offense like ours, they're going to start taking shots that they shouldn't take, and then it's going to get them into second and long, third and long situations. That's why especially college defenses run to bend, don't break defense. Yeah. I mean, it's very similar to Carolina basketball when they get in the hole. It's the same thing where rather than running their regular offensive sets, they just try to chuck threes to close the gap on stuff. And mm -hmm. the same thing with this. Rather than working the short and the intermediate game, they're just trying to throw down the field 15, 20-yard things, trying to get chunk plays. Because we were not – like when I was watching the game, we were still within striking distance for most of the game until like obviously when they broke it open at the very end. But like we were within striking distance and we just kept going for the kill shots and, and trying to make it all up in one play and it just never, just never materialized. And we just don't have the offensive line to give Sam Howell time to actually make those <laughs> happen. Um, so I don't know. I don't, again, that, I remember the original talks. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I, I remember the original criticisms of Phil Longo's offense when he got hired, where it's a very small route tree. It's a very small play sheet. It's just variations on the same plays at varying distances. You know what I'm saying? Like that was the original. I, I remember very clearly that that was the original criticism of his offense. Variations on a Korean folk song. I love that piece. I love, I love that piece so much. That, that's uh, Phil Longo. <laughs> that's Phil Longo. Yeah, <laughs> he's a variations guy. So, but and, and uh, like that's a that's a deep cut for our listeners. For, yeah. for those, like those who aren't in band, like who never played. There, there's it, levels to a, this podcast. That's a deep one right there. Um, but you know, it's you know how much of it is that we've been like, like Phil Longo has been like figured out or something. I don't know. I don't know. Panthers can't disappoint me though. 
Because they're not playing. Because they already played. They already played. That's good. Three we, no. Defense. Y'all's defense looks solid. Brian Burns is my favorite person ever. What did I say when he got drafted? I tried to tell you all he's going to be really, really good. And it's showing up. I mean, apparently uh, Phil Snow is just like a defensive genius, which means we're going to lose him after this season, uh, which sucks. Um, Him and Joe Brady, which is going to be interesting. Um, But yeah, Panthers defense is really good. I'm concerned losing J.C. Horn for possibly the rest of the season. So I don't know how that's going to go. I um I honestly didn't get to watch much of that game because I was looking for a way to get home <laughs> from Newark, New Jersey. Um, or the game before that, honestly, because I was on a plane to the Dominican Republic. Um but maybe that's it. maybe I just can't watch football. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna watch the games. I'm not that kind of fan. I'm gonna watch. <laughs> it was it was ugly for a while, but like we never lost. We were never losing. It wasn't even tied because they missed when they did score a touchdown. They missed the extra point. So like, it was like you're on edge. You're like, mm, I don't know about this, but like, we never were. We were never trailing or anything. It's just like we had to beat the Texans. We had to beat the Texans, and it got really dicey when Christian McCaffrey got hurt because Chuba Hubbard did not look amazing he he looked okay but not great um dropped a couple of easy passes that if you have christian McCaffrey, he makes those catches um had a couple times where you i underrate i'm guilty of this i underrate how strong christian McCaffrey is because so he'll get hit and he's just like no like you know he just says you're not like one person is not going to tackle me and like whereas like chuba hubbard not quite as strong like he just he gets nailed he gets hit and he's he's like first hit he's done you know yeah. like he, he didn't really break tackles going down he's going down um so you know that was just you know things so i'll be interested to see how they bounce back but for the most part defense defense is looking good defense looks good defense wins championships sam howell looks fine or not sam howell sam darnold sam darnold looks fine he, he looks just fine that's all I need. Look fine. If he looks fine, then, I, then I'm good. Um, did y'all watch our game last week? Y'all had who did y'all have last week? We beat the Seahawks. I don't. They were think about. I did. To, they were making me real sad, and then they snatched victory from the jaws of defeat <laughs> because Derrick Henry literally put the team on his shoulders and scored 21 unanswered points by himself and got us in the overtime, and then we. Got the we won the toss in overtime and scored. Sometimes it's like that. Or sorry, we hit field goal. We you know I guess we didn't get the ball. We stopped Seattle and got a field goal. Um, y'all have the Colts this week, which by the time this episode comes out, that game is probably over. So I'm not going to curse it for the sake of, uh, for a sake of math. But I hope we can turn it around. <laughs> I, I was I was feeling real bad after the Cardinals game. And I was feeling really bad for the first three quarters of the Seahawks game. And then they turned it around. And so hopefully that last fourth quarter becomes their identity. All right. We're going to take a break. And when David gets back from giving us a tour of his parents' house, we will talk about the NBA. 
So Ben Simmons is apparently, I guess he said he's not going to go to camp. Uh, this whole situation with Simmons and the Sixers is a mess, a gigantic mess. Yeah, and uh, Doc Rivers was like, yeah, we're going to keep him. Yeah, we want to keep him. Yeah, we want him here. It's like, yeah. that's not what you said a couple months ago. Or even if it wasn't him, at least his front office, the front office said it. And if the front office said it, Doc Rivers probably okayed it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, like, the front office is like, nah, we don't want him. Doc Rivers is probably like, yeah, that's fine. So it's just a situation where 76ers were like, we don't want you. And uh, Ben Simmons was like, I okay. <laughs> all right, bye. And then they can't find a trade destination for him because everyone knows Ben Simmons wants out. So they're not going to give an arm and a leg for him for what they're going to assume is, you know, damaged goods. Oh, yeah. And, also, uh, like uh, the other teams also have TNT. They also saw what happened at the end of that game. We were all there. But yeah. When Ben Simmons is on and he's like focused and he's like confident, I think he's a great player. If you could ever get a jump shot, I think you'd be a great player. And it's crazy because, like, I feel like Giannis I, – I don't want to bring this to a different player, but I feel like Giannis, obviously he's the Greek freak for a reason. He's a different kind of dude. He's just ridic- – he's ridiculous, you know. But I feel like he is now changing – the mold of like what a big man needs to be because it originally was like, you got to have a good three pointer to be a stretch big. And obviously Giannis doesn't have a great jump shot, but he just proved what having even a serviceable an okay, a mediocre jump shot can do for your game. You know, like even something that were like, I might have to take a step towards you just to put a little bit of hand here. Like how much that changes the entire game. Nobody, nobody plays defense on Ben Simmons out on the three point line. You know, like nobody. Yeah, everyone just like sits twelve feet from the basket and waits for him to come to. So I feel like the Sixers are doing the Eric Andre shoots Hannibal meme, where it's just like uh, they they shoot down his trade value. Is like, why would Ben Simmons do this? It's like no, like right after the game, Doc Rivers is like. Uh, I don't know if you can win a championship with this dude. And now they're trying to get like a huge haul from him. No, that's not going to happen. Trying to blame it on Rich Paul. (laughs) Rich Paul is the one that said that. (laughs) And now the Warriors are like sneaking in like, gimme, 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 (laughs) gimme. I will give you one Kelly Oubre. (laughs) There were people sending in the, the trade machines, sending KP for him. And I was like, get that. I know I, I, I'm still upset and I'm still stressed out by KP, but get that evil away from me. I do want to point out Kelly Oubre is now on the Hornets. Oh, he because, is? I didn't know it, that. It's like, but it seems like it's like the perfect deal because relatively same salary, both are considered like damaged goods in a way. Yeah. And both aren't exactly happy with their teams. But like I said, I'll, I'll take KP in his current state over anything Ben Simmons with an elevated ceiling. I mean, I, I really think that Joel would play better beside uh, Porzingis than he will beside Ben Simmons. And I don't know. It doesn't sound like the worst idea to me, honestly. <laughs> ben Simmons going to Dallas. Right, so here's my other thing with Ben Simmons is, at least from what I've heard listening to podcasts of people who actually have 
connections around the league. Uh, I think this is namely Vinny Goodwill, Vincent Goodwill. Um, he said that he thinks the Ben Simmons shooting thing is a pride thing because he, you see all these videos of him shooting and him like tearing people up in like pickup games with his jump shot, but he just wants to prove a point that he can win and be great and be one of the greats without having a jump shot. Because I think people kept telling him he needs to do it. And he was like, I don't need to do that to be great. Um, and now here we are. I also want to point out, there's a hilarious clip where someone asked him like three years ago, four years ago about his free throw troubles. I think it might have been postseason. But he was like, yeah, that won't happen again. It ain't going to be a problem later. It ain't going to happen again. And then it cut immediately to the, this last playoff run. <laughs> it was like, Ooh. Yeah, I. They have to move him. They have to trade him. Yeah, they have to. You you can't just have what twenty thirty million dollars sitting on the bench. Now the Warriors could swoop in and say, "I will give you instead of a Kelly Oubre." They could say, "I can give you one unvaccinated Andrew Wiggins." <laughs> 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 who might actually be able to play home games for you. There you <laughs> go. Now it kind of puts the Warriors in a bad position where this dude who's still on his rookie extension. Is he really? Yeah, he's not that old. He's yeah, oh I was God. why do I think he's been in the league like six, seven years? He has been, but he's still on that rookie extension. So it's still like oh rookie extension. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So it's it's a good amount of money they have invested in in him right now. And he can't play home games. He can't play 41 games out of the year. <laughs> yeah. So do you move him to a – or do you just – well, I don't know. This gets dicey. You can't trade him to the Nets or the Knicks because you have to be vaccinated to play in those arenas. Um, It's – I don't – I don't understand. People, get your shots. Just get that. It's really not. I promise it's not that bad. You'll be okay. My third eye looks great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. I get great reception on my phone now. It's it's yeah, like man. a. I'm a walking six foot tall antenna. Who doesn't want that? And I have a great relationship with the FBI agent. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if I if my phone ever starts messing up, I can just switch out the SIM card SIM card from my brain into my phone, and then it's like boom, track that. <laughs> Can't wait to get the DLC in a couple couple months. <laughs> <laughs> get that booster. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm going to call it the DLC from now on. <laughs> That's funny. I haven't heard that one. 